Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Today we're discussing the politics of ambition with Amanda Rose. I've been watching Amanda's star rise for a number of years and she's definitely an ambitious woman who gets lots of things done fast. Amanda wears a number of impressive hats, including being the founder of Small Business Women Australia, publisher of Business Women Media, and founding director of Western Sydney Women, Western Sydney Executive Women, and managing partner of Western Sydney Advisory. As one of the most influential people on LinkedIn, Amanda Rose, with the hashtag Boss Lady, is quoted as an internet-winning blogger by Time.com and regularly contributes to the ABC Drum and has a weekly Boss Lady careers column in the Daily Telegraph. A passionate keynote speaker, Amanda has worked with organisations such as the Australian Defence Force, CPA Australia, Uber, ANZ and Western Sydney University on the areas of confident leadership, conflict resolution and relationship building via connection. She holds a business degree majoring in marketing and psychology from Macquarie University, a Master's of Communication Management from UTS, and postgraduate qualification in educational leadership from Macquarie University. She's the non-executive director of Excelsior College and is on the New South Wales Government's Council for Women's Economic Opportunity. If the word ambition had a moniker, surely Amanda Rose would be it. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Goodness me. (laughs) <laughs> so much in there. Incredible. Um, I'd be curious to know, as a kid, did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grow up and did you end up doing it? Interesting, actually. I wanted to be a lawyer. So it was my ultimate dream to be a lawyer. It's all I wanted to do. Um, but I also wanted to have my own business. So they're the two things that I wanted. Didn't become a lawyer, but did end up running multiple businesses that are mine. But on the law side of things, I've just enrolled into a law degree. Oh, because you don't have enough to do, clearly. Because <laughs> I get bored very easily. But I believe in if you've got a gap and you want to learn something, you should go and learn it. Absolutely. Well, the word ambition has both positive associations, terms like success, leadership, change mm. makers, but also can be used negatively when it comes to notions of ruthlessness <laughs> and that win-at-all-cost attitude, which reminds me of a 1980s or 90s legal drama that, you know, that you'd watch and it always had that kind of ruthless lawyer coming in, so very on point. And interestingly, I read an article last year saying that many women avoid using that term for the fear of how they're going to be perceived because it just seems like being career-minded and ruthless is not necessarily a great thing in, in the modern era. How do you personally review your relationship with that idea of ambition? And is it really hard for us to say out loud or not? It is, I I think. I think it's hard for women. I think ambition is a dirty word for a lot of women and it shouldn't be. An ambitious man is, wow, he's, you know, born for success and leadership. We should be following every decision he makes. But an ambitious woman said, well, what are you sacrificing for that? Should you be doing that? And I think movies or sorry, TV shows like Suits, is a good example of everyone adored, you know, Harvey Specter for doing the exact same thing. But the managing partner, she was 
seen as, you know, she's got to sacrifice relationships and a future and she was always seen as harsh and, and I think it was fascinating. But I love the word and I'd love to see a real culture change in the corporate world also in small business, anything that an ambitious woman is a smart, savvy, uh, dedicated, powerful woman and I think women need to harness that, embrace it and and pretty much tap inside them. Like there's something inside every woman that want to do something, but there's something holding them back. And often it's what other people think. And out there, I actually believe that they've made women feel or, you know, feel guilty for being ambitious because they want to keep us in our place. <laughs> yeah, there's a really gendered view of, of how ambition plays into, I think, what you could be and what you should be. Do you think your ambition has changed obviously over your career and your business journey have you do, you do you have a better relationship with the word have you changed your ambitions what's what's been your trajectory with oh, the word ambition I've always loved it I've and I've kind of secretly loved the fact that people hated that I loved it because it separated me from the competition in a way so it sets you out on top but the further I've moved along the more I've embraced it loved it harnessed it perfected it if anything so I think when you first start out ambition is just the desire to succeed but the more you do and the more you refine what you do, you realise you will succeed quicker when you're more focused, when your ambition is actually put into a particular structure or a particular goal. Um, so I've perfected that. I'm still perfecting that uh, over time. But it also means, which I think a lot of people don't realise, especially women, that being ambitious also means saying no to a lot. So it doesn't mean just saying yes to opportunities. It means cutting out a lot, sacrificing a lot and saying no to things that aren't relevant. So just because you want something or want to succeed doesn't mean you should do it by any means because it's a waste of time. So I think I over tend the years, to agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm better at saying no. I mean, no was my first word in life, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm better at saying no. And as a result of that, it's like, oh, you're ruthless. Yeah, I think that's okay. We also have limited time. And I'd love to, is there an example of how your ambition has changed over time or maybe where you where you put your ambition? Like you would have said no, no to things recently, maybe that the younger Amanda Rose would have said yes to. Is there any examples of that that come to mind? Just lots of opportunities. So a lot of people want to partner with me or, or hire me or clients and and it sounds like a great opportunity, but um, but it's, is it in line with where I want to head? Is it in line with what I actually want to do? And another question I ask myself is, What's my earning capacity with that opportunity versus what I'm working on currently? So, you know, that short-term gain for long-term pain, that can happen with ambition. So you think, oh, that's a shiny object or a really great opportunity. I might like that. Yes, but that short-term, what are you sacrificing long-term for that? So a lot of opportunities I say no to, um, big, small, could be people say, look, I heard the company once wanting to hire me five days a week. And I said, well, I don't. I run two companies myself I don't I can't do that and so I gave that opportunity up specifically because even though short term might sound good feel good it wasn't relevant to where I was headed. Yeah it's good to have those boundaries we've just touched on a bit of the gender uh, lens that ambition has but women especially have a harder time still in 2021 and getting ahead (laughs) and climbing that career ladder and pursuing say a traditional corporate ambition it is getting better and I I've witnessed that my sort of you know 25 years of working in media and comms but we still have a long way to go and particularly I think of that gender diversity piece at the board level or in the c-suite roles that we see advertised or you know filled they're very woefully underrepresented by women how can we move that 
faster. I mean, I just don't have another 100 years in me to watch this happen. I mean, is it up to companies? Is it up to governments? Is it up to women? I mean, how how do we really make this change representative of the society we live in? Well, firstly, see it as an opportunity. So the fact that aren't many women in these roles and these positions means that it's a massive opportunity for yourself personally, but also don't don't fight it head on. Too many women walk into a, an opportunity, a board, a meeting, or meet with someone and they just, you know, there's no women on your board, you need women on your board, why don't you have women? Straight away, they're going to block you. There's no chance you're getting in there. <laughs> so don't fight it head on and find the places that see value in you. They see your uniqueness. You've got to push, you've got to self-promote. So I think women need to go out there and self-promote more, be more strategic with their relationships, go out and find opportunities or boards or you know they want a promotion then start speaking to the right people but build relationships so don't fight it head on strategically build alliances with the right people that they see value in you that they don't see in anyone else and they think wow we've got to have her it's interesting you say don't confront it head on I mean is there a personal um, experience of that that you think has has proven that it's maybe better not to go in all guns blazing I'm, I'm just curious about that because I've not heard that before I hear a lot of other women saying with other sort of you know sexism and other issues you might have in a corporate environment call it out you're almost saying don't well no it's different so it's it's two things so I might be in a meeting and you know particular behaviors I don't agree with so I'll, I'll remain silent. And my silence is a is my disapproval. I want it's a poker face. I'm dead silent. I stare at them, and then once they're finished, I'm like, "Are you done?" And then we move on to business. Me doing that and and pulling them up in that particular way without publicly humiliating them. So essentially, doing the right thing is pointing out what they're doing that's wrong. So if I stay silent, it's shining a light on their behaviour. But the other people in the room are going to look at me and think, "I like how she handled that." Let's have a let's have a conversation about a promotion. Or let's have a conversation about an opportunity. But if I'm in that meeting and I'm attacking him and saying, I don't like you how you did that, who are you to do that? Blah, blah, blah. By default, I'm the nagging emotional woman that's I've got anger issues. Yeah. It's easy to get labeled that. It, it sounds like it's about the high road then in some ways. It is, but it's also being strategic. Like I'm not getting emotional and worked up over you because you're a douche. I'm just going to stay quiet, wait till you're finished, and get on and do business with what I call the grown-ups. And I usually identify them quite quickly, and I'll go and build alliances with them privately. And I go and build relationships with the people, and plenty of men out there are phenomenal. And they see your potential, and they support you, and they support me, and they work with you. Work with them. Forget the rest. Don't fight the ones that don't care. Work with the ones that do. Yeah, that's powerful advice. Do you have a view on setting quotas for women to hold those senior board roles or court positions, as well as, I guess, public office? Politics is something I'm particularly passionate about, and I know mm. you're interested in that space too. Do you think that's a solution, and why or why not? No. The, the reason why is I've seen it happen. So you can have quotas in a political party, but it doesn't mean that those women get treated any better. So you just have more women there, but they're still treated poorly. It's a cultural issue. And, uh, you know, having a quota for rhetoric's sake or for good PR or for campaigning, whether it's a, a, a political party or a corporate, is irrelevant. It's got to be very much from the top down. And there are companies and places that will do it purely to look good. Some will do it because they're smart. And the ones that are smart and strategic, they don't need the quota. They just do it. So, again, I say look for the places and work with the places that genuinely see value in you. And to do that, you've got to not fight them head on 
but you've got to show them your power, show them your influence and show them why they should be choosing you over someone else. I can definitely see the merit in that. I guess the counter-argument is that a lot of organisations, what what doesn't get measured doesn't get done. So it would be easy just to hire the person that's like you and if that's another, you know, white male of a, of a certain vintage, that's who you're going to feel comfortable with. If we Yeah, like- but, that's, but that's not profitable. So that's why I like to work with businesses that uh, focus, uh, that comes to the crunch, a good businessman right, or business person looks at the bottom line. They want to, They know a good culture, a productive, diverse, and diverse is in diversity based on what they need, right, to provide whatever they need to provide, and it has a great bottom line. They're not going to say, right, I'm going to hire this bloke because he's like me and this bloke because he's like me because they know they're not going to make the money. So the real smart ones, this is why I say forget the ones that you might see out there doing the wrong thing and start hunting for the ones doing the right thing and progressively changing strategically because they care about the bottom line. And when it comes to the crunch, hiring someone that does what they do, they're like, buddy, I already do that. I don't need you. I want someone who does something different. Yeah, there's a lot of power in that. And obviously you've had had that experience as well. And I guess, yes. with, you know, career and ambition is obviously important in the business world. But I think of ambition as broader than that. We have a holistic life. We've got more to ourselves than our CV and our LinkedIn profile. Do you have other ambitions in life that you sort of put that energy into? It could be fitness. It could be hobbies. You could have an Etsy <laughs> store that I don't know about. You know, how, how do you view that in your own life in, in terms of broader ambitions? Well, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm very competitive naturally. So, unfortunately, I think it's great to be competitive. No, in the right way. I love being competitive, but it's more the fact that even in a warm up at the gym, they go, "Look, we're going to play a game." I'm like, "Damn it, I have to win." (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I'm just picturing you having one of those, you know, slay all day t-shirts or something when you go work out. Well, that's the thing. It's like, oh, I'm just here to work out. And as soon as I say this play a game, I'm like, great, now I'm going to have to win. And I do, but it's like a change, you know, I switch over. But ambitious-wise is I like to live a quiet life. So it's content, you know, being ambitious to have a con- quite content life is, is a goal for me. When I get bored, I like to start businesses. And that's something I like to do as a test market. It's kind of what I do. It's how I started Small Business Women Australia built it over a weekend because I saw a gap in the market and jumped on it and it worked. But also, yeah, I like to train, like to, you know, hang out with a few friends and things like that. But I'm very, based on what you see on LinkedIn, it looks like I'm very, very busy and I am very, very busy. Ultimately in life, I just like a peaceful, productive life that adds value to others around me. Yeah. So that's your, I guess that's the summary of ambition for you, how you define it. And I guess what's important to you, you've been very clear about that, which I think probably helps in Mm. defining your ambition and, and your focus I always believe yes. we we don't get here on our own we always have people along the way who help us and that might be formally as a mentor or people that have influenced you in business and in life do you have one or two people that really stand out and what have they taught you oh they'd be my mum <laughs> so you know advisor mentor encourager you know help through strategy all of that so I would say it's a the silent partner in what I'm doing is definitely my mum. And then throughout my journey, I've had key people just give me even just one or two words of advice. I might not even see them again, but it's very powerful. And as a result of them saying just a handful of things to me, I've realised that when I have the opportunity, I should do the same to others. 
because it could be, you know, I had one boss when I was only 24 years old. I hardly spoke to this woman because she was the big boss. And on my last day, she put her hands on my shoulders and whispered in my ear and said, don't worry, you'll get there. You'll make it. And I'll never forget that. Interesting. You know, and I thought she just said that's all she said. And I thought that's all I need to say to someone, to a girl that I know that is encouraging or I see potential in. And throughout my journey, I've had key people say key things. And it's just added that little bit of encouragement that you need over time. And I think we need to be looking for that in, from others, but also we need to be giving it to other people as well. Yeah, paying it forward is a really big part of my philosophy as well in business and in, and in life. That's right. And it doesn't have to be big. Like it doesn't have to be big, massive. I mean, I do mentor people like, you know, long-term and things, but it could be a simple comment to someone in an elevator or at a meeting or after a meeting. That's it. It's all you need. And it makes a, a huge difference. Absolutely. A bit of fun now. If you had to choose a favourite book, song or film that always resonates with you, what would it be and why? The Shawshank Redemption because okay. it it tells you so many life lessons. It teaches you so much. If you watch it and look at every single scenario in there and just different things, it can teach you a lot in life and it's a good, I think it's a good rep- representation of what life's really like. And, of course, at the end, you know, they're free and there's hope and that hope reigns and wins at the end, which is a big passion of mine that we shall focus on hope and give others hope. But I absolutely love it. I think it's an amazing film. And the one part I love the most is that he chips away for his tunnel for an escape route, but he chipped away at, what, over 10 years and he didn't tell a single soul. And that's what business and that is what success is like. You chip away at something and you don't tell a single person until it's done. Yeah, that's good advice. If you're going to sum up the politics of ambition, is there one, two or three tips that you would like to leave in the air today before we wrap up? I would just say that uh, proudly move forward. The second you hear this podcast, I want every single woman to walk out and add ambition to their bio, talk about it confidently, embrace it, be proud of it and encourage others to also embrace it as well. Don't see it as a dirty word. See it as a strategic, powerful word that sets you above the rest. That's fantastic advice. And if you do want to connect further with Amanda Rose, there will be some details on my show notes. You have been listening to The Politics of Everything. Until next time, keep well. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea, you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.